Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Good morning, Lifehouse. Good morning. Turn to somebody, give them a high five right now. Do it right now. Tell them it's good to see you. Good to see you. Amen. It's good to have everybody here at Lifehouse this morning. Yeah, excited about Fall Fest. Um, lots of food, lots of fun, lots of games. We always have a great time. It's just a good time to sit and talk and um, settle in with one another. So make sure you turn out to that. Also, uh, in two weeks, can't believe it, two weeks, um, the campus launches, East Shore launches. This Thursday night, October 5th, we are going to have a meeting at the East Shore campus. If you want to find out more about the campus, you're interested in the launch team, what that's all about, that's going to be really informational for you. Please show up. We're going to have that at location at East Shore. And again, two weeks at all launches. I know this couple right here, Pastor Eric and Abby, they're excited. Uh, we're excited about what God's going to do in Harrisburg, right? North of Harrisburg in Linglestown area. Um, we know uh, God spoke to us about doing this, and we have been planning and prepping. As a matter of fact, we've been planning and prepping so long, we just want it to happen. Uh, we're ready, and we're just trusting God and what he's going to do there. But uh, this morning, uh, I, throughout this week, took a, a little bit of time, and I looked at some statistics online. I don't know if you ever do that or not, but uh, once in a while I do, especially when I'm getting ready for a message. Sometimes I'll look at stats. And I came across some stats for uh, malnutrition and starvation, and I was a little shocked. Um, over 8 million people will die on this planet this year because of starvation. And put that a little bit in perspective, that's 1,000 people an hour across the world will pass away from starvation. And, and that's sobering. It, it's a sobering statistic. I know it's something that probably should drive us to, to do something in the body of Christ about this. And oddly enough, 20,000 of those people will be in the USA that will die from starvation. And that caught me even more. In a, in a country that has unfathomable wealth, and we do. I don't know if you know that. If you've traveled around the world at all, you'll find out that we are um, crazy wealthy here. And we have vast resources at our fingertips. 20,000 people um, will die of starvation in the United States. It's, it's staggering. And while I've experienced a lot of things in life, in my many decades of life, um, I have never really truly experienced malnutrition or starvation. Uh, if you look at me, obviously, that is not the case, all right? Uh, now, to my shame, on more than one occasion, I've acted like I was starving to death. Anybody with me on that, right? You miss lunch, right? You miss supper, you miss breakfast, and what do you say? I am starving to yeah, I, I'm not going to make it, right? You get really dramatic. I'm famished, right? You start coming up with all kinds of adjectives, right? I, 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 and it's ridiculous, I know, right? Because you missed a meal. And, and honestly, the closest I've ever come to understanding hunger at all was actually on a spiritual fast. I remember going on a spiritual fast one of the first times. I went on a long fast. It was a 21-day fast. And our, the church I was attending, they called us to, to fast. And, you know, when you go on a fast and, and you start to experience hunger, um, you start, the first day you're very spiritual, by the way, on the fast, right? Like, I am, I am skipping food for Jesus. <laughs> you feel really spiritual. It's like, amen, amen, God bless. Second day, you're a little jittery, all right? Skipping food for Jesus, all right? By the third day, you're just angry, okay? You say, like, I need food. You know, I want food. 
Jesus, give me some food. And, 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 you know, everything starts to look good. It doesn't matter if it t- smells good, right? If it would taste good, you would eat it by day three. You really will. And, and this mental game starts that you, you start to go down when you want some food. And I remember in this particular fast, it was a 21-dayer, and one of the guys from the church where we were serving, uh, he kind of gave a testimony. He said about two days in, he went to the dental hygienist, and he said while he was getting his teeth cleaned, um, the dentist said, the, the hygienist said, hey, there's a piece of meat stuck back here in the teeth. And he said, let it alone. He said, let it there. <laughs> he literally told me, he said, let it there. And, and uh, you know, this was during the fast. And, and I've been very fortunate not to have ever suffered malnutrition or starvation. And, and not like um, so many in the world. But I have found myself spiritually malnourished. I have found myself at times in life deeply hungry for the things of God. To the place uh, almost famished, weak. I don't know if you've ever suffered soul starvation, but it, it, it is a thing where you get starving for God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one in the house? Come on. Yeah, there's this place. And over the past year, I've had this hunger, not starvation, but I've had this hunger for God. I, I've had this hunger in my soul for more and more of God. I, I want to I, I experience more than just a little bit of religion. I want to experience more than just a, a little tingly, right, at church on Sunday. Um, I want to I wanna experience God in, in a new way. I've been serving God a long time, and I just want more of him. I want to know what it feels like uh, in his presence more and more. I want to hear from him. I want to hear the voice of God in my spirit and the voice of God in my life. I want to know his ways. I want to know uh, what it's like the, the closer I draw to God and he draws near to me. That's what the word of God says. What is this like, right? It's hungry. You know, I, I want to know his manifested presence, not just my intellectual presence of God, right? Come on, we, I mean, we, we read about God, and we kind of form this intellectual idea about God, but I want to know his manifested presence, his tangible presence, what he's really like. I want to be near. And, and it's, it's easy to understand that, right? I, I want to know what it is to be near him and understand his manifested presence, and that's easy with you and I, because I can come over here and sit by Pastor Andrew, right? And, and I, I've just experienced his presence. He gave me a tap on the back, right? I, it, that's easy with a, an individual and a person, but it's different with God, isn't it? You know, it, it, because we can't be in, in his presence in that kind of way. I want to know. Anybody with me on that? Yeah. So what brings me near to God? What gets me close to him? If I really want that, what is it that, that will get me to a place where I'm close to God? Is it praise and worship? Because we do praise and worship every Sunday morning, and I love it. We praise God, and I think, yep, that has something to do with it, right? Because God inhabits the praises of the people. If I sing enough to God, will that get me near him? Now, some of you are like, yeah, I don't sing so well. If I, get, if I keep singing to Jesus, he's going to leave, right? <clears throat> but, you know, if I sing enough, you know, is that going to get me close to God? Is it the spiritual disciplines? You know, is it prayer, Bible reading? Is it meditation, fasting? You know, is those the things that get me close to God? Well, I think those are things that help you draw near to God, but you got to have a right heart with all that, right? Because the Pharisees in Scripture, they got all that right. They, matter of fact, they were religious about doing all those things, and Jesus called them vipers and hypocrites because their hearts weren't right with it. So what is it? Is it showing up to church enough times in a row? All right, I, I might even get a pin for that one, right? If I go to church enough times in a row, you know, will that get me close to God? What's the answer? What gets me near to God? What brings God near to me? You know, and, and as I started mulling this question, you, you got to look into God's word. I always go to the same place because all the answers are there. And, and is God's word 
Uh, how do I get God um, close to me? So I started looking at people in God's word who were close to God and God was close to them. I figured that's a great place to look. And if you really want to get a nice list of that, you got to go to Hebrews chapter 11. So if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to head to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 1. And Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of a who's who of faith in God. It's a who's who of people who drew near to God, right? Who God moved on their behalf, who God began to shift things around them. And it all happened in Hebrews chapter 11, 1, where they start to list them. So I'm going to pray this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this day, for God, each one who's listening in the house, out of the house, online. God, in in two short weeks at the new campus, Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And God, as we look into your word, God, help us understand, God, who you are and how to draw close to you. And everybody said together, amen. Amen. Hebrews 11.1 says this, now faith, say faith. Is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, Hebrews 1 starts off with a definition of faith, right? I can't see it, can't taste it, can't touch it, can't smell it, can't feel it yet, but I'm hoping for what's there. I've got this great hope. It's such a hope that I believe that it's going to happen, right? So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, who builder and maker is God. There's a reoccurring theme of those who got close to God. There's a, there's a word that identifies the reasons of the who's who in this list of people. And there's more if you go into Hebrews. If you read further, there's a reoccurring word that goes over and is spoke over and over again in this passage. I'm going to give you a big hint. It starts with an F. It ends with an H and has an A-I-T in between. All right. It's faith. It's faith in God. If we want to get close to God, we got to stir up our faith in God. If you want to draw near to God and you want God to draw near to you, you got to increase your faith in God. If you want to see God do big things in your life, then you got to bring big faith to God, for God, in God. Enoch had so much faith. When I read this, it just takes me, right? He had so much faith that God literally just took him. Can you imagine? He's just walking with God. He's talking with God, and God's talking with him, and they're conversing. And God says, you know what, Enoch? I just like you. (laughs) All right? I like you a lot. 
As a matter of fact, I think I'm just going to take you with me. I, I, think, I, I think I'm just going to snap you up and take you right on up into heaven. We'll just skip the whole death thing, all right? We'll just skip the funeral. We'll skip the mourning. We'll skip all that. You're just going to go with me. And, and he had so much faith in God that God just grabbed him from this earth and took him. Now, I know if this was modern day, right, they'd be like, it was a UFO, right? Just took him. I'm like, yep, it was an unidentified Jesus is what, you know, right? He just took him. He just took him. And he skipped all the rest. Every patriarch, every matriarch in the word of God had this faith in God. He put their, they put their faith in one um, who cannot fail. They, they got next to God because their faith in God was that strong. It was a fact that they believed in God fully. When, when there was virtual no evidence in front of them, some of these patriarchs and matriarchs, when there was no evidence that God would do this or it would actually happen, they would believe God and God would do it. And, and Hebrews eleven six lays it out there. It lays it out plain. It really does. It says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God <clears throat> must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right? You can't get near somebody unless they are pleased with you. you know what I'm talking about? You can't get near. Listen, tick off your spouse this afternoon. Just go ahead and do it. Tick off your spouse this afternoon and see how close they're going to get to you tonight. All right? You might be sleeping on the couch. All right? If you take them off, right? For all you that are out there in the dating world, I'm going to give you a little advice. I'm here, I'm here for you, okay? If you're out there in the dating world, guys, if you want to get close to that young lady, you need to please her in some way, right? You need to open the door. When you're going out on a date, you run around the other side. You open that door, let her get in. You close the door. There, there you go, sweetie, right? Just let her get in that car door, and she's going to smile from ear to ear, all right? And, and, amen. My wife's saying amen. You better step up your game, boy, <laughs> all right? Man, you buy her some roses, and you show up with some flowers. That's going to please her, right? Come on, you cheapskate. Buy some flowers for her. We, if you want to get, come on, cheapskate. All right, all right. Come on. If you want to get close, if you want to get close to someone, you got to please them. And the writer of Hebrews says, if you don't have faith in God, You'll never please him. As a matter of fact, he said it's impossible to please God without faith. It's not the roses and the holding of doors with God. It's not the grand gestures sometimes that we want to put out with God. It really isn't. It's faith in him. And if we're not pleasing him, we're not going to get close to God. If, if, we're not, if we're not having deep faith, if we're not praising God and coming in with a heart of faith, then, then we're not pleasing God and we're not going to draw close, right? He said it. He said it. Uh, if God, if faith is this. If God said it, I believe it, period. Amen. Amen. Amen? Come on, it's true. Say it. If God said it and I believe it, that is faith, period. If God said it, and I believe it, it is faith, period. It's the fact that I am completely convinced that when God speaks, it is the truth. What he's saying is truth. 
And, and, and it, it is moving in a way that, that shows that, all right? Pastor Andrew, I'm going to ask if you drag that chair up here for me, all right? And, and this gets, happens a lot. I used to do this in youth group, and I know this illustration has been around for a long time. And, and this is just a regular old Sam's Club chair. But how many know when you walk up to a chair, what do you do? All right? Some of you just sit down with your coffee in church, you're sipping, right? You're just enjoying life, right? How many of you stop and say, you know, I don't know about that chair? You know, I think I'm going to call Sam's Club. I'm not sure about the engineering of this chair. I'm going to see if I can get a name so I can call and check out the, the specs on this chair. I want to see about the engineering of this chair. You don't do that, do you? When, when you come up to a chair, you just sit down in that chair. You know why? Because you got faith that that chair is going to hold you up. You believe in your heart that that chair is going to hold you up. You don't, you don't question it. Do you know what happens when you don't believe in the chair? You don't move. You'll never move forward to sit in that chair if you don't believe in that chair. If you don't think that chair is going to hold you up, you, you're not going to sit down in that thing, right? You don't want to flip over backwards and look ridiculous, right? You don't want to get fall down and get injured. You will never move, and that's how it is with God. If you believe what God is telling you, if you believe what God said is the absolute truth, when he speaks, you will move forward. You won't think about it. You won't flinch. You won't ponder. You won't pontificate. You won't spend hours and hours just mauling it over in your mind. When God says move or when God says to do something or when you read something in God's word that says to do something, you'll just do it. And do you know what he sees when you do that? Faith. And it pleases God. It pleases him. He says, oh, there they are. They just trust in me. They just believe in me. And he smiles from ear to ear, and he begins to draw near to you, and you begin to draw near to him. And it happened all through God's word. Noah built an ark on dry land, right, by hand to carry all the animals of the earth because God told him to. He could have said, I don't know about that, God. He could have said, I, 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 need, I, need, I, need to, I need to wait a while and confirm that this is the real deal, all right? I, he could have prayed about it for the next 10 years. I don't know, God. You know, God, if somebody brings me a big pile of wood, then I'm going to believe that it was you. He didn't do that. God spoke it, and he started building. He went and got the wood, right? He went and started putting the wood together. He started coming. He's listening for God's design. He began to move. He had faith in what God said. And God always shows up with that. God always comes and meets us with that. He always draws near to those. If you look in Scripture, right, every single person in Scripture, in God's Word, God pulls right up beside them when he, when he speaks, and they just moved. They just did it. Abraham takes off for a country. He doesn't even know where he's going or what he's doing. He just left, right? God told him to go, and he went. It's faith. It's faith on display that gets me close to God. Say, faith on display. Turn to the person beside you. Preach at them a little. It's faith on display. It's faith on display. What do I mean by faith on display? It's when the faith that's on the inside of me starts spilling out onto the outside of me. That's what faith on display is. Faith on display is when the faith that's inside of me starts to spill out. Jesus recognized this kind of faith. As a matter of fact, he pointed it out in Scripture. He was entering a small fishing town called Capernaum one day, and it's located on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee. And as he went in to go into Capernaum, he ran into a centurion soldier, a Roman soldier, the enemy, okay? Rome ruled over the Jews. They didn't like one another. 
this Roman soldier comes up and approaches Jesus. And after this conversation, Jesus points to this Roman soldier and says, that is faith. Let me read you this. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. You can turn there quickly. Matthew 8, 5 says this. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Now, I want you to listen to the story. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, even, not even in Israel. This guy is a Roman soldier, and he is so convinced that Jesus is who he said he is, that he is the Son of God, that, that what was on the inside of him spilled out to the outside. He approaches Jesus. He tells Jesus his problem. This didn't happen back in that culture. The Romans ruled over the Jewish people. They told them what to do. He comes to Jesus humbly. He comes and gives him his problem. He's got a servant who's sick, right? And Jesus says, well, I'll come and fix it. He could have said, great. That's awesome, Jesus. Come on, right? Come and fix my problem. Come and heal my servant. He doesn't even do that. He says, you don't even got to show up, Jesus. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He said, all you have to do is speak the word into the atmosphere. Just speak the word into the atmosphere. Just say it, Jesus. That's all you have to do, and it'll be well. My servant will be healed. And Jesus is blown away. He says, I have not seen that kind of faith in all of Israel. He says, just speak it. This centurion soldier, now listen, Jesus has all his followers with him. He's got the 12 disciples with him. This centurion soldier schooled those boys in faith, right? Completely schooled. You ever been schooled at something? I have, all right? Uh, I'm not proud of this moment. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not proud of this moment. Please don't go do this. But when I was young and foolish, I got into a drag race out on a highway, okay? I had a shiny, I know, please don't do this. I had a shiny red Camaro, and I thought I was all that in a bag of chips, right? It ran pretty nice. And, and I hopped out on the highway one day, and the ugliest green Mustang you ever saw pulled up beside me. That thing was dog ugly, okay? Looked like a piece of garbage. And he pulled up beside me and just started taunting me, right? Just going to, I was like, all right, here we go. And, and don't do this, okay? And I took off. And he took off. And all I saw was his taillights pulling away from me. As far, he destroyed me. He, he didn't just beat me. He humiliated me. All right. He, he was so far out ahead of me. I almost just wanted to turn off and sheer humiliation somewhere. But I was on a highway. I couldn't. All right. And all I wanted to know after I got over the moments of humiliation in the vehicle by myself, all I wanted to know was what that guy had under his hood. What kind of motor was in that piece of junk? You know? And I think, the, I think the disciples stood by and, and looked at this Roman soldier the same way. What kind of faith does this man have? He had such faith. He told Jesus, just speak it. 
You don't got to come. You don't got to lay hands. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to follow me anywhere. You just speak it into the air, Jesus, and it's done. I understand authority. I know who you are. That's faith. That's faith. I'm going to ask if you'd stand. The praise team comes. Look, look, look what Jesus says to this centurion soldier in verse 11. He says this, and I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, and they will sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you know what he was telling them in this passage of scripture? He was saying that the Jews, you know, they're the God's chosen people. They, they know they're God's chosen, chosen people. They're, they're descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and they think they're going to come into, into the kingdom of God because of who they are and who they're connected with. And Jesus said, nope, that, that, well, here's what's going to happen with them. They're going to they're be cast out of heaven. And he says, you know what kind of people are going to be in heaven? Do you know what kind of people are going to be near me? Do you know what kind of people are going to be close to me? People like you, Mr. Centurion. People who have faith in me are going to be near to me. And Jesus said to the centurion, go on your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And the servant was healed that very same hour. Faith on display got this centurion near to God. He came close. He came near. He was right up beside him. And so many times, we think it's all the things that we do instead of what we believe. And, and you know why we like that? We like it about being do, do things because we can check it off the list, right? Like I read my Bible. I prayed, did praise and worship today. And we should do all these things, right? I... I, I I meditated on God for a while, and, and, and we like this list because then we can measure it. God says, mm. though all those things are good, and all those things help you learn about me, but what do you believe about me? What do you believe about me? Do you believe if I speak it into the air, it will happen? Do you believe that? Do you believe that I'll do that for you? What do you believe? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? That's how you get near God. You got to believe. You got to believe so much that whatever he says, you'll do. You'll sit on that chair. You won't even think. You won't even blink because it's him. Amen? We're going to pray this morning. If you're comfortable, I want you to just come to the front. I like coming up front sometimes. Just make your way to the front. If you're not, you can pray where you're at. tester. Sometimes you need a little test in your life, right? Help you measure what's really there. Do you believe that Jesus is the commander of the seen and the unseen in your life? Okay? Why don't you close your eyes, right? Because you're not looking at me. You're not looking at how everybody else responds. Just so you get focused. Do you believe, do you believe this fully, that Jesus is the commander of the seen and the unseen? That's what this centurion believed. He believed that he was the commander of everything seen and everything unseen. 
Do you believe this? It is God who draws near to us when we believe that he is the commander of the seen and the unseen in our life. Father, we come before you humble, Lord. I thank you for your word, God, that is light and is life to us. I thank you, Lord, that we trust and God put our faith in you. And God, today, Lord, you are the commander of the seen and the unseen. God, you are the one who rises up and God begins to move in our lives, Lord, when we turn all of it over to you. And we say, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna fuss. I'm not going to delay. I'm not going to wait. When you speak, I'll move. When I see it in your word, I will do it. God, when you, when you, when you tell me, Lord, to rise up or to sit down, I'm not going to question it, Lord. When you tell me to go forward or you tell me to wait, I'm going to do what you speak. And Lord God, it is that faith that brings us close to God. It is when you draw near. God, you always meet faith. It's threaded all through your word. God, you give us example after example after example after example. God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. Help us measure our faith this morning. And God, put our faith squarely in you. Holy Spirit, stir up within us faith. You are the voice that is in our ear. You are the one that speaks into our heart. You're the one that, that translates and, and brings to our spirit what God is speaking. God, help us to move on it immediately. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We always want to be, right? Amen. Listen, we always want to be a Noah, right? We always want to think about, like, what it would have been like to be on that boat and, and, and been the person who listened to God, right? Or Moses, who led the children of Israel, right, out of slavery. We want to be that person, but it starts with faith. It starts with faith. It starts with what nobody else sees. It's deep inside of you. How much faith do you have? How much faith do you have? And it's a simple thing. If I can believe in a stupid chair, come on. I believe in a stupid chair. I can believe in God. It's that easy. It's that simple. I don't want to make it sound like it's a hard thing. Like, man, I'm going to have to really work at this. It's not. It's just simply deciding, like, okay, I trust God as much as I trust the chair. Amen? Can you, can you trust him that much? Trust him. Just do what he says when he says it. If you're young, old, somewhere in between, I, I look around, I think about all the stages that are represented here. Y'all in different places in life. Y'all gonna have to believe some of you are in school right now. You're gonna have to believe God for certain things while you're in school. They're gonna be different from the right? They're not they're gonna be different from the things that you believe when you're when you're just getting married or when you're just dating or or when you're uh, later in life and your children are leaving, or when you're maybe in those years that are, there's more years behind you than are in front of you. You have to believe God for different things in different ways. But it's still the same thing. It's faith. Amen. Good end with this. Pastor Jack Kyler, God bless him. He, he went to be with the Lord a long time ago. But I remember I was a very young minister and, you know, and thought I knew everything. And he used to tell me over and over and over again. He always said it, almost, almost to a point of annoyance. But he'd say, Kip, it's all about faith. It's all about faith. And I'm like, yeah, but Pastor Jack, there's just... Let me, let 
let me walk you through the word like I really knew what I was talking about. You know, and, and he and, you know, and there's all these other things. He's like, no, it's all about faith. It all boils back to faith. It all comes back to faith. He was right. He was right. All the rest builds and girds it up, but it's about faith. Amen? As your faith rises, think of it this way. As your faith rises, you open the doors for God to move in your life. Do you know that? As your faith rises, you open the door for God to move in your life. In every area of your life. Man, I don't know why I'm laboring here, but somebody needs to hear me. Okay? As you open, listen, just open, as you open the door, it'll open the doors. Every, every time you, you, you believe God for one more thing, right? In one more area of your life. I mean, oh, it's a journey, right? I'd like to say, man, I got it all right right at the beginning. It's not. You're stepping through. Some of you, some of you it's going to be in relationships. Some of you, it's going to be in the finances. Some of you, it's going to be in, in your job. Some of you, it's going to be believing God for the future or maybe to get rid of your past. One of, the, one of the two, right? Or maybe even just to get in the present. But you need, but as you begin to have faith in those areas and your faith begins to rise, God begins, he starts to move in that particular area. It just happens. Hear testimony about it all the time. Can I give you one more last story? I feel like storytelling today, a little bit today. <clears throat> all right, go for it. I got one. That's good enough. That's all I need. I remember hearing a minister talking about how God was using him mightily. He was actually going out and preaching and teaching all over the world. And, and he, he spoke about how God had, had used him in, in these great ways in these services. But he said this, this one area of his life was messed up and it was in his finances. And he said, I couldn't figure it out. He said, like, I'm going to I'm preaching and God's moving and all these great things are taking place and ministries expanding. And all of a sudden, he said, my finances were all jacked up. And he said, I, I finally went back and I started reading like, God, what am I doing? And God took him into the word and he started reading about how he was supposed to give. It was literally that simple. And his faith began to rise there, and he started doing what God said in, in the Word about giving. And all of a sudden, God began to bless there, and God drew near into his finances and began to bless him. And all of a sudden, he started to understand God's cycle with all this, and how if you pour out, God pours back in. And, and, it, began, and it was his faith, right? So you're not going to get it all in one shot, but there's step by step, God will start building faith in your life, right, for each area. Maybe physically you're suffering, and you got to believe God as you're walking through that, right? That's a whole different thing. Amen? It's true. It's true. Amen. I'm done. I'm done telling stories. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.